Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down and connected with burnout thought leader, emotional wellness speaker, and coach, Aditi Ramchandani. And for those that might be new to Aditi, oh my gosh, you will love her. She gives working professionals the tools to prevent burnout and create the personal success and happiness that they desire. Aditi became an emotional wellness speaker and a coach after years of battling with her own depression, burnout, and a half-paralyzed face at age 20 due to stress. It is her personal mission to equip others with the wellness tools that they were never taught in school. I hope you enjoy today's podcast as Aditi sat down and shared tips and techniques for how us as leaders can overcome and manage burnout. Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I am so excited to talk about the subject of burning or burning, burnout. Maybe that should be a sign that I am burnt out. I can't even say the phrase, but we're so excited to have Aditi with us today. She is someone that you may not know, so I'm going to have her introduce herself to you, but she's an emotional wellness speaker and she's a coach, and she is going to be giving us tips, techniques, and insights on how we can manage burnout, which is something that Oh my gosh, I feel like so many of us are going through. Um, Aditi, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, The Leadership Habit. Please go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about you. Awesome. Thank you, Jen, so much for having me here. Hello, everyone. My name is Aditi. And as Jen mentioned, I'm an emotional wellness speaker and coach. Where my journey started was when I was 20 years old, I had a half paralyzed face. You heard that right. Like literally the right side of my face was stopped working. My eye wasn't blinking. I couldn't use the right side of my nose and my mouth could not even grasp around a glass of water to take a sip. I had to use a straw. And this happened while I was in college. So I went to the emergency room and the doctors told me that this happened due to stress. That was the first time that I got to realize how our internal state can actually affect our outer state, whether that's our body or our external circumstances in our life. And that's really where my journey started. My journey started with starting to just some self-discovery, like what is stress? Why does it happen? How do we struggle with it? What can I do about it? I had taken my first stress management class in college after that. And I was laughing because I would have never taken that class if it wasn't for this crisis. And that's what I'm really passionate about is I don't want people to have to wait till they're in a crisis to start paying attention to their stress levels. So I love doing this work and I got certified as a life coach, as a health coach, and now I'm doing my yoga teacher training. So really excited to be able to bring all of these fundamentals together. And another thing I love to do is I feel that the idea of stress management can kind of seem boring, right? It's like, ah, oh, another thing I got to learn. I got to go to school. For. I'm stressed that I have to learn about that stress. I have to learn about stress. Exactly. Like people, my clients are always like, I don't have time for another thing on my to-do list. So I really strive to make it fun, make it joyful, make it not this serious thing, but something that you're a good thing that you're adding to your life. So that is a little bit of my background story. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's so important. I was even, you know, teaching or leading a webinar this morning and I just asked the, you know, the random question because we were talking about culture. I'm like, how many of you are burnt out right now? And so many yeses dropped into the chat. And I think right now we're again, seeing it more than what we have typically been as a result, obviously, of the pandemic. But I know we'll go into it and we'll talk about that. But I want to start with one of the questions that you posed during our pre-talk, which, wow, it just hit me in thinking, how do I want to show show up? And I want you to pose that same question to our podcast audience. I don't want to do the reveal because it's not my question. But when you asked it to me, I was like, yeah, I probably need to manage my burnout in a different way. Yeah. So as you're listening to this, I want you to think about the last 24 hours that you just experienced in your life. And I just want you to scan it. What were you doing? What were you feeling? What was going on for you in these last 24 hours? Were you stressed? Was stress a part of those 24 hours? And my question I pose to you is, Do you want stress to be the last memory of your life? Do you want stress to be the last memory of your life? I asked myself this question when my cousin passed away a year ago on my birthday, and it was very unexpected. And a lot of you may have experienced some sort of loss in this past year, whether through someone you directly knew or through an acquaintance. And you start really thinking about, man, what am I living for? Because oftentimes we're chasing after something, we're going after some sort of goal or achievement, and we're not really living our life right in this moment. And we find that, you know, we don't know when our time is, we don't know when we leave this planet. And Did you live these last 24 hours like you would have your last? That's the question I started asking myself after my cousin had passed away, because so many of us are looking towards the future of what we're going to do later. But what about right now? How can we live in this moment? So I really want you to ask yourself that question and see how did you live these last 24 hours? Were you stressed? And is that how you want your last 24 hours to be? My gosh. And the answer is always no. You know, it's so funny. We know that. And you and I talked last week and I just, that question is really powerful because I think it brings out a level of accountability where we have to recognize that the first place and really, you know, or one of the first places is it starts with us and saying, I don't want that for my last 24 hours. I don't want to show up. If I talk about myself personally, like when I'm burned out, I am not probably as fun in public because I'm just drained. Um, The tasks that might be really simple in any other time look just so much more daunting and exhausting. I feel like I pick up my phone to intentionally just kind of zone out. And that's the hard part too, is feeling like oh my gosh, like I teach leadership, but I'm experiencing burnout because I thought I was supposed to have all the tools, right? To get ahead of this. Yet you posed that question last week. I was very intentional, rah, rah, rah. And then this week I'm like thinking about the last 24 hours and dang it, like I fell right back again. In it. I was right, right. Look, me too. I teach this and I have to continuously <laughs> ask myself this question because it's so easy to just get lost in the hustle and bustle of life, especially when everyone around you is also doing that. So really looking at what you're doing and what you want to do requires a level of courage for yourself. 
Oh my gosh, I need that courage, girl. That's what we're going to talk about today because I'm sure there's listeners right now that are like, I am. Someone used the word expired this morning. Oh. <laughs> like, that's a great way to, to identify like, how I'm burnout. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Um, so, Aditi, what, what is burnout? Like, how do you define burnout? Maybe for someone that just doesn't know how to identify it for themselves. Absolutely. I think this is such an important question because I feel like the word burnout is thrown out a lot and it's almost become a little bit of that buzzword cliche, like, oh, I'm burnt out. And it's almost become normal, right? Like, oh, we're just all burnt out. And what burnout really is, is when you have chronic stress. So chronic stress is essentially heavy stress, stress that has been ongoing for a long time. So it becomes chronic stress. So you have chronic stress and it's not managed well. And that's when it starts to become burnout. So everyone has stress, right? We can't run away from it. We can't avoid it. Stress is a part of the human experience. But when you continuously have stress over time and you don't do anything about it, you don't manage it, that's when it becomes burnout. For example, when I had Bell's palsy, that's what it was called when I had the half paralyzed face. I was very stressed out in my personal life and I wasn't doing anything about it. I was just hoping it would go away. And oftentimes we do that. We just kind of hope, you know, time will heal. We hope if we put it under the rug, you know, um, it'll go away. But unfortunately, we're seeing that many times it's not going away and it is really taking an impact on our health and our happiness. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I relate to that when, when I can think about my own, my MS diagnosis, it came during probably one of the worst either, I mean, I will say like mental health, like in terms of challenging times of my life as a result of stress and not to say that that's like the origin of it, but it's so interesting because I know that as having MS, I have to be very mindful of how I manage stress because it will have an impact on my body. Why do you think that burnout is so high right now? Why do you think people were throwing up yeses in the chat box, throwing out words like I'm expired, I'm tapped out, I don't know, I can't do it anymore. Why do you think it's so high right now? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I found out uh, through some research that I was doing that 76% of professionals are experiencing some level of burnout. Now, just think about that for a second. Literally, if stress is showing up in your life that much, it affects the way you show up in life. It shows, it affects the way you take actions. It affects the results that you get. So if 76% of the working population is burnt out, we're producing from that space. So from a very depleted, empty place is where we are producing life, creating results, creating programs, whatever that may be for you. And why is it so high right now? I truly believe it's because we don't have the tools to manage stress. We haven't been taught them in school. We haven't been taught them really at the workplace, although now that's starting to change. But I truly believe that we don't have the tools to manage stress. We don't know how to do it or what to do. And we don't want to learn another thing. So there's many layers to it. And I think with the pandemic and everything going on, we've had to wear multiple hats that we didn't have to go before. And it's kind of this shock to the system where we don't know how to manage these new responsibilities, right? Some people have kids at home. Some people, um, 
have elderly they have to care for now. There's just so many new things that we have to do that weren't part of our schedule before. The uncertainty, the fear, all of that that is added onto it, the time pressures, a lot of people's jobs have changed and the overwhelming workload. Um, a lot of people are getting laid off, which is also putting a lot of pressure on the people who still have work to do. So I just feel like the combination of all of these things are really attributing to people not being able to fully function at their highest capacity. And now that everyone's working from home, there's that blurred line. Like, when do you turn off? How do you turn off? What is appropriate? Right. And it's all these unanswered questions in itself that also creates more burnout and the racing mind, the fear, the loss that's happening. It's just a lot to handle. So I think the burnout is so high right now is because we just have a lot of things we're now needing to work with and just not having the tools on how to handle it. I love that. And also, you know, from that perspective of just thinking of, you know, I thought about this last year, a year ago, when we were really forced to slow down and how unsettling that was in the beginning. And I think because we were actually forced to kind of acknowledge the things that were working in our life and weren't working. And there is this almost pause that I think people had at the beginning of the pandemic where they're really reflecting. But it's really interesting to think about how a year later, we're kind of right back in it. We've just adapted to it in a virtual sense of we're overworking. Maybe we're overscheduling ourselves to avoid challenges. We're maybe not talking about our mental health because we feel like, oh, it'll pass or all the, re yeah. all the answers that you just said, but, you know, we had this beautiful window a year ago that I think, again, I myself was like, this is perfect. Like I'm slowing down and I feel like now I'm just as busy. It's just all virtual. And why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> How did I get here again? <laughs> right. What are the signs of burnout? So there's signs. It starts with stress, which eventually moves into burnout. So even with stress, right, it's exhaustion. It's emotional exhaustion as well as physical exhaustion. It can show up in your moods, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, feeling overwhelmed, um, feeling withdrawn, not really being engaged with your work, just feeling disinterested or even disengaged at home with family, just feeling withdrawn overall from life. Um, being irritable, that's a common one and definitely one I've been experiencing a lot lately. Um, feeling irritable like having a short temper, feeling like pa passive aggressive behavior. And this is all normal. This is all something that we all experience as part of the human experience. So nothing to feel bad about. It's just something to start paying attention to because I truly believe our bodies are messengers. Our bodies are here to tell us when we are stressed. So it's important to pay attention to these kind of symptoms to be like, hey, there might be something going on here. And a lot of times it shows up in our body aches, right? Having headaches, having digestion problems. People don't actually realize digestion problems are also often related to stress breaking out. I find sometimes when I'm stressed out, I'll start having like pimples on my face, um, being unable to sleep. Uh, sleep is affected often with stress and burnout and just feeling unmotivated, just not feeling alive. It's almost like feeling dead inside. I think the word expired that someone had used earlier, it resonates because you're, you're kind of just checked out. You're like, I just can't do this anymore. So yeah, it feels that way. And I think 
I wonder what role, you know, our own self-talk plays into that, because I think on top of, you know, whether it's, I guess if I go back to myself, it's like bouncing from all of the different hats of like what I might be wearing and then constantly telling myself, like, you are never getting ahead, Jen, like you are always behind. And that's just this tremendous pressure and also these feelings of inadequacy of like, why can't I just get ahead? Why can't I, you know, or do it right or whatever that is. What's and, wrong with me? Right. <laughs> like, how did I get here again? Like always the question, how did I get here? And, you know, it's, I wonder how I continue to keep myself there just by that self-talk of saying like, you're just behind Jen, you're behind again, look at there's, you know, something else that you missed or you dropped the ball on and it's hard to juggle a lot. It really is. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're going to give me the remedy, right? We're going to, we're going to talk through some strategies because I'm excited. I am all ears to be able to hear this and adopt it. And I know, again, many of our listeners are, and I really appreciate how you also, you know, normalized, um, how you might show up, right? We're not necessarily showing up as our most radiant picture, perfect self when we're burnt out and it's okay. Like, yes, you might be a little bit shorter. And now when I say, okay, it's not saying, oh yeah, it's totally fine to be a total jerk to people. No, but give yourself some grace and take responsibility for how you show up. You can still apologize, but I love that you normalize that. Like they're not, it's not who you are. It's the burnout. That's also talking for you or responding on your behalf. Like you're not a bad person, a bad leader, bad insert, whatever your title or role or how you see yourself is. It's, it's a result of the burnout. Absolutely. I think a key as we're moving into what do we do about it is self-compassion, is total acceptance of where you are right now. And even if you can't totally accept it, if you can just have compassion for yourself. I find that sometimes when I'm really struggling, even just talking to myself, like since we have that negative self-talk, like how can you talk to yourself in a way that's nurturing in addition to it? Like, I know you're struggling right now. I know this is really hard for you right now. Like putting your hand on your heart and just saying that to yourself can be so nurturing. Like it's safe to feel this feeling right now because often we're running away from that burnout because it feels uncomfortable. It feels horrible, right? So to just be able to acknowledge that, you know, I know you're really struggling right now and I'm here for you. Having that compassion for yourself because often we're seeking it maybe from the external, from outside, maybe even from, you know, popping an Advil or whatever might soothe our pain in that moment. But what I share is that these short-term fixes and solutions, right? Whether it's eating or drinking or popping a pill, they are short-term solutions. They're not going to last a long time. They're not going to help you ultimately change your relationship with stress, which is what we want to do here, because that's what's going to help you thrive in the long-term. Stress is not going away, but we can change our relationship with it. And my goal and desire is to help people to actually have the natural way to cope with stress rather than relying on external circumstances. I was speaking to somebody who has lived in war zones and she was talking about, you know, how do you do self-care there? There's not a yoga studio around the corner. I can't get a green smoothie down the street. Like what is self-care when you don't have those external things? And that's what I really strive to talk about here. And What is the cure to burnout? I believe the cure is self-care. 
deep self-care and not the kind of self-care where you're getting your nails done, going to the spa or, you know, that kind of stuff that we typically think. And I, and I think we think that is because of the marketing industry, right? They're always trying to sell us something. Oh, you'll feel better. This is your self-care. But I really want us to go deeper than that. That's a surface level of self-care. But I want to help you create an integrated self-care practice because I don't want you to feel like, oh, I have another thing to add to my list, which many people feel initially, right, when we're doing this work. But integrated self-care practice means that it's a part of your life. It's not this external thing, but it's as normal as brushing your teeth, putting on your pajamas, that self-care is just a part of that routine that you have. How do you start that? I love the idea of looking at this as not something that's like, I'm going to get my nails done. Yeah. And I feel like even right now, I'm like that, then I just have to do it again. If you know, it adds like another to do in terms of maintenance, if I would do that, but where do we start to build this? And I love that you call it deep deep self-care. It's not like that artificial, we're getting your, our hair done, our nails done. It's really looking within. So where do we fun too, but yes, 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 yes. I love all of those things, by the way, I love all of them, but that's also not the thing that's going to get me over my burnout right now. I can say that. I mean, it will make me feel that like, is what you had said. It's gone. It's that short term, short term fix feeling good, but it's not necessarily the thing that's going to pull me out of it to make sure I don't find myself starting a podcast. How did I get back here again? Um, I know that that won't work. So where do we start with that deep self-care practice? So this is my favorite part because where it really starts is self-discovery, is really getting to know yourself because most people actually don't know how they feel cared for. So you really want to start by discovering your own personal care style. So, you know, ask yourself, what recharges me? What brings me joy? What rejuvenates me? What kind of environment do I thrive in? What kind of environment do I feel uh, relaxed in? Do I feel calm in? So really thinking about what does that look like for you? Because a lot of us are just really in a routine of our lives that I want you to kind of step out and look at it from above and really think about those moments. And if you don't know, if you're like, I have no idea, Didi, like I can't even think of it. I want you to pay attention to your next seven days and see, just notice and observe where are you doing something that feels relaxing, that feels nice. I found for myself that um, when I'm in the house all day, just going outside and just sitting under the sun for 10 minutes really rejuvenates me. So just paying attention to kind of things that you're already doing, because you, you might already have some things in your routine that are nurturing you, but you didn't realize it um, because you can actually just amplify that more. Once you know, you can do it with more more intention. So another thing I love to help you with this is the love languages test. Have you ever heard about the five love languages, Jen? Yes. But say it to our audience that may be unfamiliar with them. So the five love languages, um, there's a book, you can look it up. I forget the author's name, but online, he has a free quiz on his website, which you can take. So you can take the five love language 
languages test and find out for yourself what your own love language is. So this can help you see what makes you feel loved. So for example, um, my love language is physical touch. And I actually had no idea this was my love language. I thought it was gifts because there's another one that's like giving and receiving gifts. Um, And there's one that's acts of service. So uh, funny enough, I actually have a blanket right here. It's like a fuzzy blanket. So it's one of my ways to feel comforted and safe um, because the physical touch makes me feel loved. Um, and, And finding out those things for yourself can help you create that self-care practice where you can do things and nurture yourself and find that out. So it's really starting with that self-discovery for yourself. And I actually bought this blanket when I was going through a very stressful time. And I was like, I just want to be held by this blanket. And it really helped me um, in some really rough times. So what is that for you? When you find out your own love language, it can just guide you a little bit to like, if you love receiving gifts, how can you give yourself gifts? If you like quality time is another one. How can you spend more quality time with yourself? Do you know what your love language is? I'm, I'm gifts. So, or acts of service. And my husband's is acts of service. Yes. So it's, I think about that and yeah, they are beautiful way. I never even thought, you know, I think about them obviously for the, the marriage, but not yes. necessarily for myself. And yes. I feel like for me, like the gift right now would be, oh my gosh, a gift of time to like not focus on anything, to not be responsible um, for anything and to just be instead of feeling like I need to be on a device or responding to an email or on a Zoom call. Um, It would be amazing to just have the gift of time or just peace. I don't know if I'm thinking about what those gifts would be like, maybe it's an opportunity to go somewhere into, um, I don't know, a salt cave or something where no one's really talking and I'm just there relaxing. That sounds nice. Oh my gosh. What a nice gift for yourself. (laughs) Yes. I want that gift. So self-discovery, which again is so important. I know that we, it's so funny. I I don't know if you feel this way, but the type A in me, you know, like I know that the natural type A in me is like, but wait, self-discovery. No, like, just tell me like this three-step process that I can do right now. I don't have to do, I don't have time for reflection. And, but yet I, the coach in me also knows we've got to start with within it's thinking that we can try those quick trick, three-step things without looking at ourselves, that that's where we end up back where we are. So again, I love that you're like proposing to start with your own self-discovery. What makes you feel relaxed? What makes you feel good? Because we often want to skip that step. And every time we skip it, we're going to be right back where we were before. Yeah. And look, you know, if you do want to skip that step, I can actually give you what to do if you want a one, two, three, like literally what our bodies need more than anything is rest. Because if we are in constant stress mode, our bodies are not able to be in rest and repair mode. And that's where the healing happens. That's where our immune system gets stronger. So just think about it. If you are in a chronic stress mode all the time, always anxious, always worried, always fearful, whatever that may be, um, you're not giving your body that time for rest. So the first thing you want to do is add rest into your day in some way or some form, whether that means rest, resting by basking in the sun for 10 minutes, whether that's resting by laying down for 10 minutes or And the rest means no distractions. Like you want to put your phone away. You want to be away from screens. You want to really truly just be with yourself. Being with nature is very 
um, resetting. And so rest is one thing you want to add to your self-care. Another thing is a reset activity. And a reset activity is really that rejuvenating activity. Um, nature is a great way to do that, to just going outside. I actually learned this yesterday. Even just putting your hand on a tree trunk actually lowers your blood pressure. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's insane. And I was like, I'm going to go touch every tree that I see now to just like, it literally connects to your body and reduces stress, which is great news. Another reset activity, like laughter. If you love comedy, like watching something funny, um, Reset activities are also like yoga, meditation. That's where all that kind of falls into that. And then um, the third thing you want to do is redirect. So it's just paying attention, being observant of when you are getting into that stress mode and then redirecting your focus and your energy. Um, gratitude is a great way to help you redirect. There are some mornings where I'm fine. You know, when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're just like in a bad mood and it just goes with the rest of your day. So that's an opportunity for you to redirect if you want to. Like sometimes you're like, no, I just want to be grumpy. So honor that. Like that's just where you are right now. Total acceptance. And, um, you know, you, you're just not in a place to move it. But if you're ready to redirect it, gratitude is a great way. Appreciation, uh, tapping into your senses, like just absorbing the environment around you, um, appreciating where you are and what you have, like the beautiful background behind you. Like, I really appreciate this. Or, or even talking to your body, like, hey, brain, I, I learned that your brain um, is what actually keeps you alive. So like, hey, brain, thank you so much for keeping me alive today. Celebration um, also helps shift your energy. Like what's one thing that you want to celebrate right now? Even if these like five things like suck right now in your life, like what are five things that are amazing? Like just balancing it out can make a huge difference on your stress levels. I love, and even maybe we should give like a moment to people to think, what are those things in your life? I mean, the one that we all have, you're listening to this, you're on the right side of the ground. You are six feet above ground, which means that you've got choices. I don't know, you know, the full story, but there's a blessing right there of just being able to have the gift of life and yeah. starting with that gratitude. I mean, I have to remember, I'm, I'm lucky to even have the stress of yesterday, you know, if, if I really want to think about that. And why is that so helpful? I wonder, probably just because we actually like aren't focusing on that problem anymore. We're not focusing on living and being immersed in that stress. We're actually seeing that there's a life beyond it. Perspective makes such a difference. Like it's like when you're lost in that tunnel vision, it's painful because you're like, this is my whole, my whole reality. But when you can have perspective and realize the tunnel is actually much bigger than where you were standing and you thought it was, it just, it lightens up your mood. It helps you feel more optimistic and, and hopeful. And just that shift in your focus can make such a big difference. So the three that you said for the, for our quick fix people here that want like an easy tool or solution. And I love this too. It was your three R's. So rest, um, reset. So reset like an activity so or an activity reset and then redirect, right? Yes. Awesome. I, you know, I love the redirect. There's, you know, I think it's just great to get back in and remind ourselves that we've got so many gifts that are around us every single moment that we just don't see that we're blind to because of the stress or because of burnout and having all of those things. I love that reminder. Um, what else, how else do you add that? So if you start with the self-discovery, then what do you do? So after the self-discovery, what you want to do is 
actually schedule your self-care into your calendar, like commit to it. And I want you to really understand for yourself why you're doing this, because when you're just doing it because you know you have to or you think you should, you're most likely not going to do this. So think about for yourself, what will self-care actually do for you? What will it add to your life? And why is this important to you? So really coming back to your, so like scheduling your commitment into your life. I did a um, hundred days of walking last year, and that was my commitment to myself. And having that container just helps because sometimes when you try to do a lifestyle change forever, it can feel overwhelming and daunting. So even if you were to just commit to something for 90 days where, you know, I'm just going to schedule once a week to care for myself, whatever that looks like for an hour, just once a week, or even just 10 minutes. But scheduling that in actually allows you to commit to it because it's instead of a nice to have, it's a, oh, I'm committing to do this for myself. This is how I'm filling my own cup up. This is what I'm gifting to myself, you can say. Um, And then after you're scheduling it, this is going to be a funny one. Actually show up to your appointment <laughs> because we're so we're so good at being on time for like a doctor's appointment, a dance class or meeting up with a friend who we said we were going to. But what about showing up for yourself? We're so good at showing up for others and for everyone else and other commitments. But what about showing up to your own appointment for yourself? So setting, doing that self-discovery setting up those self-care appointments for yourself and then actually showing up like you mean it for yourself. I I love the showing up. I have, I was thinking about my coach and how she really, you know, put us, she put me on a plan ban, like no more plans because you always have the plan to resolve something like, Oh, I'll take care of this. Like then, and it will all be fine. Or I'll take no more. Like you've just got to show up. You've got to stop making the plan ban because that's really just trying to avoid something because you, right. and then you give yourself that pat on the back. Cause I, I made a plan to talk about this. Even and it feels important, you know, <laughs> like I'm doing something important, but if you're not showing up to your actual self-care appointment, all that planning goes out the window. <laughs> I think of, you know, now as I'm reflecting in my own, like I used to have a really good self-care Saturday routine and I would get up every Saturday and get a nice massage. I would not make plans with people and I have not, you know, and then the pandemic hit and I, I haven't had a massage since, but I used to always just do that to like work with my body and help, you know, manage stress. But then I'm realizing I just don't do it anymore and I've got to get back to it again. It's so easy to fall out of it. Even though I used to love those days, I would take long time to get ready and just for fun, not because I was dolling myself up or anything. I was just having fun singing off my shower tunes that I didn't, you know, do that. I was just really living in the moment and not thinking about my to-do list. I was just like, no, these are Jen's days. Exactly. And that's why I really want to get us out of the idea that this is a new, another to-do on our list. And how can we integrate it into our life? You know, like once I did the hundred days of walking, it is now integrated in my life in the point where if I haven't walked for three days, I like my body starts craving it. It's like, I have to do it. And it's just a part of my routine. Now I wake up and I either do my walk. I actually did my walk this morning before the podcast recording, or I do it like in the middle of the day as kind of a reset, like in the afternoon. 
what would you recommend? Like, how can people maybe practice self-care or manage burnout at work? Like, what are some of the things that they could do? I think, again, it's that self-discovery. You have to know yourself and what works for you because everybody works differently. It's like some people can work a million hours and be fine. And for you, if you are finding your concentration dropping off after like three hours of focused work, pay attention to that and um, pay attention to your energy levels at work. Like where is your strongest energy levels? Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? And you can actually adjust your work schedule to do your most important tasks or the things that require the most of your energy on your high energy peak times. I find that that makes a huge difference. And then uh, creating these, I like to call them 10 minutes of intentional joy breaks in between those focus hours of work, because that actually literally resets your system. So when you come back to work for the next focused amount of time, you're just showing up more powerfully. You're more focused. You're more clear. Um, you're, you're essentially doing better work. You're performing at a higher level. So how can you add in 10 minutes of intentional joy breaks throughout your work day? And then I find that boundaries and communication are very, very important. Um, being clear with um, your team with... Um, what is working for you. And of course, sometimes, you know, it, it's a group discussion. You have to find the right way to do it. It's not just, oh, this is what I need, but really just having the honest discussion. Like I find that, you know, this worked really well for me. How does that work for you? And I find that the lack of communication actually causes more stress because people aren't always aware of what their exact role is or what they're really responsible for or what day, what times are supposed to be clocked in. So having that communication with your team or your mentor or your boss to know like, hey, like what exactly, how can I show up in the best way to be the best in this role for you and for this company? And understanding what your company's expectations are and then being able to match that with um what works for your highest performance because your your company wants you to be healthy too. Your company is invested in that. So don't be afraid to have those sometimes difficult conversations to what works for you. I remember when I was in consulting, there was this one manager and she had this boundary that at 530 uh, her laptop is closed and she doesn't respond to any emails until the next morning at 830. And I found that fascinating because she was probably the only manager who I actually saw doing that. And everybody else was kind of just going with the crowd. And so that's why I find that courage is required to be able to have self-care for yourself. Everybody respected that. And I thought that was amazing. I was like, wow, you can actually do that, <laughs> you know, and you never know until you ask, you know what I mean? So don't be afraid to ask questions on how you can um, make your work-life balance better for yourself because that's going to benefit everybody. My gosh, I, that is such a great reminder too, that we have to have courage and even the courage to say, is this healthy for myself, for my team, for the organization? If we continue to ask for more or operate in these conditions, it's likely not. And the courage to say, it's okay if we give up good enough and I know this probably is a jump for people. You give up kind of good enough because that's what you're getting with a burnt out workforce. You're getting a good enough result. If you just give up good enough, you let go of some of those initiatives because you trust that by focusing all in on one strategy, you're going to get that return. You give up good enough and that's when you go for great. But good enough has to come from not 
wanting to do every single strategy just because it's a strategy, assuming something's going to work. Right. (laughs) That's such a good one. Giving up good enough for great. I love it. It's and I think I love that you talked about the the ten minutes of joy. There was an organization that I was a part of that they would even build in these. Um, there were three different types of things that they did with the employees. So they either did fifteen minutes of stretching, so where they would just come together as a team. Whoever wanted to would go to one side of the building, and then they would do fifteen minutes of stretching, oh, wow. or and that they like yoga stretch. Like that's kind of how they looked at it. Or there was another room that, and they were all on different days. Like then you would go in and do a 10 minute meditation that'd be guided. Someone else from the organization would volunteer to read it and people would just go in and just meditate. And then, oh, I love the last one. There was someone that taught um, just Zumba for fun for 10 minutes. They just put on music and they went and danced and had fun. And, you know, it's so interesting in the beginning that you can see some people being like, well, I can't take a break to go and do those silly things, but no, we're doing it for your own you will be a much better performer, a much better leader, a much better colleague if you give yourself joy opportunities. I love that perspective. And it is going to feel weird and uncomfortable. Like you said, the silly activities, you're totally going to feel all of those things. So just expect it. But know that anytime you're doing something new, you're going to have resistance. And and it's everything is changing now. Like People have thought these things are all silly, but now why are workplaces implementing it? Like there's a reason, there is science that backs it up that all of this stuff does rejuvenate you, does um, heighten your immune system, does contribute to your happiness and productivity. So, yeah. My gosh, how do you want to feel? Aditi, what closing remarks would you like to share with our audience? I've just loved it today. And even just talking about your 10 minutes of joy, that's your redirect opportunity. So if you think it's silly, that's still your opportunity to redirect so you can come back and look at maybe a problem in a new way. I, you know, I... I just have loved all the tips that you've offered because burnout is real. And again, just normalizing it, that it's very, very common right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what closing maybe advice or insights would you share with our audience? And also, how could they get in touch with you? Because you work with organizations on reducing stress and burnout, right? Yes, yes. So I speak at organizations, I speak to groups, and I also do personal coaching. So um, I would love to talk to you guys about that. And closing remarks is... Remember that self-care is actually filling your cup. Self-care is not selfish because when you can show up fully as yourself, you'll be able to give back and serve in the way you truly want to. So I I find that self-care, often people think it is a silly thing or it is that thing, but I want you to remember that it's self-care is essentially like it's like going to the gym for your body, but it's actually going to the gym for your whole mind, body, and soul. And and I find that self-care is often focused on only body care, but we really want to look at the mind care and the spirit care as well. So a whole body integration on how you're caring for yourself. And I want you to remember that you matter. You deserve this. You deserve to take care of yourself and have that break it will contribute to your success and happiness. Gosh, I love that. Thank you so much, Aditi. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. And you matter. And you matter. Not selfish. I love that. Those are powerful ways. I hope that, you know, everyone listening walks out feeling empowered to go and do something to put themselves first today. Because let's ask your first question again to close it out. What's that question? 
That question is, do you want stress to be the last memory of your life? And you guys can find me on Instagram at Aditi Creative. And if you want to book a call with me, you can head over to aditicreative.com slash let's thrive because you matter. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast with Aditi Ranjandani. It was such a great conversation. And if you want to connect with Aditi, you can find her on Instagram at Aditi Creative. And you can also grab her complimentary stress less guide at aditicreative.com backslash stress less. If you enjoyed this week's episode, or if you know a friend that is suffering from burnout, do not forget to share this with them. Burnout is actually a very, very real thing. And the more tools and resources that we can have to help reduce the impacts of stress, the better. And last and most importantly, if you enjoyed this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service.